respect, had the sweat, just the cash checks, working from sunrise to set. Every day get challenged, no trades or talents. Everyone, welcome to the Mistakes Were Made podcast. It does exist. Uh, I am Al, and joining me tonight are... You guys are supposed to introduce yourself, huh? Oh, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> Ken. Finally. Hey, Ken. Hey. It's Adam here also. How's it going, guys? Hey, good, man. And Rudy will not be joining us this evening. Wah, 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 wah. He is teaching the youths how to theater. So, we are uh, together here on the eve of Gen Con. It's, they're setting up, you know, giant nightmare teddy... Life scale models as we speak. No, normal Teddy, not Nightmare Teddy. That's true. It is normal, but it is gigantic. Yeah. And is the is the whiskey golem making hamster. an appearance again? I have no idea. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. I hope so. I I hope we, in some point in a couple of years, we're able to play an actual like henchman hardcore with these. Six foot tall models. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be really cool. And that is such a thing that happens at Gen Con too. That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. It'd just be like, well, they do like the giant BattleTech guys, right, or whatever. Like, they do or, big uh, Settlers of Catan and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it would be awesome. Except it would be way bigger than all of you those. Need, you like, need to patent that big. idea right now. Yeah, exactly. We're not we're not gonna publish that part. We're gonna start over. Yeah, it's <laughs> too good to share with the Mistakes world. Mistakes for me, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, the scale yeah, they, of that would be ridiculous. Well, they could do an enforcer ball because they have. Well, I guess they'd have to allow the Corfi duet, which I don't think is normally allowed. The whiskey Allen's an enforcer, right? Or is that a henchman? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Ah, uh, he's an enforcer. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we got Teddy, whiskey Gollum, and uh, Corfi, right? Ooh, that'd yeah. be a weird one. <laughs> and then can we have Bet Noir too? Pop out of nowhere? Oh yeah, that's got to be next year. Yeah, Bette for Noir. sure. I wish I like. Got to build those because that's sort of like that was like kind of what I used to do for my job. Like I really have the skills I could do something like that, and it'd be fun. But I don't have the space or the money to do it. So speaking of Gen Con, yeah, uh, stores open. They really buy their stuff yet? Uh, I'm I'm still looking. I'm still deciding. I'm not sure. A lot of a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, I mean, you started a new faction, so... I did, I did, and I'm, like, really torn about uh, about this this new Rezzer box. I so love I, it. She looks awesome. But it's interesting. I, I think, like, um, you know, because we were talking before we started recording, like, I do think that at this point there's so many great options with Malifaux, especially when you start a new faction, that it's easy to jump all over the place. Like, I definitely think there needs to be more discussion about, like, oh, I want to take this crew box, I want to expand it, like... That used to happen a lot early early on, but now with like f- now four books as of pretty much tomorrow at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Eastern time, like everyone's gonna have those books in their hand. Like if you're to tell someone new, oh yeah, get into Malfo, like it's not easy to just be like, oh yeah, there's only a couple of boxes. Right. right. You have yeah. so many options like that you can possibly so many different mm-hmm. routes that you can go now, and yeah. yeah, you're not limited to just what's out. Like, everything's going to be out. Yeah, and, it, and I think it even behooves, like, a, a store that if they're going to stock Malfoy, stock it all. Like, having one or two things, it doesn't help people to decide. Like, yeah, you might have extra stock, but seeing all the options, people are more easily like, oh, I could get this and this. Oh, wait, but they have this too. This goes with that. And all of a sudden, 
the purchase that was only like two boxes ends up in like six boxes. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want these minions from this box. I want that henchman. Like, I need to get yeah, this. It's like, I need, like, I need Sensei Yu, but I don't want to play Shen Long. Oh, I guess I'm buying a Shen Long box. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm torn between that, getting that Reva box, and maybe just a couple of smaller things. So I've got to be careful. I don't want uh, don't want my fiance yelling at me too much. <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's the key. <laughs> it was so much easier when I was there in person last year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh man, that's deadly. Oh, I got just in in other Gen Con related news. I got my copy of Exposed in the mail. From, you did? Uh, yeah, I just got oh, it yesterday. That's so funny. I didn't know you did the Kickstarter. You know, I got. I w- did you see his latest update on that? That no, some oh, of them got. Uh, messed up in the order process. Mm-hmm. I was one of the unlucky. Oh yeah. So basically, they're they're expediting from from China a base copy, and then all of the Kickstarter stuff is going to get delayed like six weeks. Yes, I was the lucky one. I got I got the act like the full game and the promos. So right. I don't know. I must have been in the top. I I kick. I was one of like the probably the first twelve backers. I think. Mm-hmm. What um? I'm sorry. Like, what kind of game is this? I'm not super familiar. It's a card board up right here. File game, like a card based. Oh, okay. You're playing. It's a board game basically. You're thieves, and you're on a cruise ship, and you have to try and move around and steal wallets. And it looks like fun. It's a fun it does, yeah. Game. It's by the guys who did uh, New Salem. Yeah. And Good Cop Bad Cop, which Good mm-hmm. Cop Bad Cop is kind of meh, but New Salem is a lot of fun. Okay. And we played that last year, Gen Con. Gosh, I mean, a bunch of times. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So I played they, a bunch since too. So yeah, they they made a good reputation for themselves for me personally with that game. So That's cool. when I saw that exposed, oh, and also they're doing a Kickstarter in October, I think it is, for um, Good Cop Bad Cop, like a reskinning of it and a change of some of the rules to be in Jerry's uh, what's his name, uh, Jamie Stagmeyer's uh, universe for uh, you as it called U- Utopia, I think. Okay. Um, and that looks kind of interesting. I don't know if I'm going to back it, but it's got the artwork from his game, so it's like a crossover between two different companies. Hmm. But it's a party. Cool. It's a party type game, you know, group group yeah. game. Mhm. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, on the Kickstarter front. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Gen Con, we're missing out the de- the the. Uh, oh yeah. Missing out on Gen Con, all three of us. We're stuck at home. Yep. Gen, we're calling it Gen Cant here, and I've been doing okay. Gen Cant all week because my family's gone, and I've been playing Malifaux and board games all week. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yep. I just went to a board game night. Maybe I'll try and schedule some Vassal over the weekend. I don't know. Oh, man. That, Vassal uh, sounds so good. I, like, I've got a wedding this weekend, unfortunately, so I won't be able to join you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we're going to do something a little different tonight. We're going to do a little announcement and game talk, and then we're going to try a little segment that we're cooking up. I mentioned it previously on the episode that the audio was so bad I'm not probably going to release. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering about your Q&A stuff, I'm, it's, it's the audio on it got real messed up, and I don't think it's going to come out. Uh, the answer to all the questions was yes. <laughs> uh, I, I might try and salvage it and release it with this, and which one's that's going to be really awesome, and I'll edit this part out. But <laughs> in case I don't salvage it, 
All right. So, any announcements from you guys? I mean, I have my tournament in October. Yeah, tournament that's coming up, I think. Uh, sold out yet, Adam? Yeah, it's sold out, like, in oh, the first okay. two weeks. <laughs> nice. 36 people. That's I'm awesome, Hoping to man. get to 40. Yeah? You got a little, you got a wait list going, or...? Yeah, it's a wait list. Uh, you can, people can go to the site. It's lfodc2016.eventbrite.com. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's already, already a wait list going. I, I want to, it's, it's tough, because, you know, expanding is not the hard part from, like, you know, the physical people. It's the making sure space and t- terrain yeah, and like the place I'm having it as a brewery, so you know they're not a they're not an event hall type of place. So I have to pick up a couple extra tables and things like that. You want to make so. sure everyone's having a good experience. You don't want to ruin it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like you know I want to have a big event, but at the same time I want to I don't want the people that want to come to the event to suffer because we have so many well, people. Yeah, and some exclusivity isn't a bad thing. You know, sort of keeping yeah. it smaller I think can be nice. Yeah, I mean, just small, just small is relative. I think. a little bit more. Yeah, forty is not <laughs> small by any right. means. Yeah, you know, I, I think sort that of if I, it, not going crazy with it and just saying, yeah, as many people as we can fit. If I opened it up, to if I if I just left it open, I probably could reach. I definitely could reach forty. I think I could even go above that at this point. I mean, the yeah. the, the pricing I did for it was actually really reasonable. It's twenty three dollars to pre-order the early bird ticket, which is cheaper than buying it later. And then that includes, obviously, the hall. It includes, includes um, I have a company, Widget Wizards, sponsoring, and they're doing custom turn counters, soulstone counters, and score counters. So they already made them. I already pictures. You can see them on the, the, the ticketing site. And then everyone's getting a mug. So it's like you're, bu- you're actually buying stuff. Yeah. And you're getting to play Malfo. So, like, for 20 bucks, like, to get a mug and to get... Some widgets and... Yeah, widgets and That's stuff. pretty awesome. That's really cool. That's I always have a good time at, uh, at Breaching the Folk because it's kind of a similar thing. Like, you pay, like, you're getting stuff. You're getting a Fate deck. You're getting some tokens. And you just go and get to play a bunch of games. It's great. Yeah, yeah and I'm keeping it three rounds no matter what. Like, even if I was to ever make the event so huge that it could support... Well, this year. Like, if I was to go to 40 people, I'm still keeping it three rounds. The idea is... It's not, yeah, it's a tournament, but I want the sociable, social a- aspect yes. to be what people go for. Right. It's not a cutthroat tournament at all, yeah. which I is mean, good. Yeah, it's going to be tight games and stuff, but people mm-hmm. are going to, like, I, I have, like, an hour and a half break where the cool thing is it's not just go to a restaurant. You're at a bar. You can yeah, order so food right there. there yeah. yeah, so yeah. people can buy drinks, talk while their food's ordered, and then hang out. Very cool. Like I said, I, I was definitely interested in going, but... Impossible because of work, but uh, yeah, I'm yes. looking forward to. I, I want to get out there for an event sometime in the next year. That, yeah, yeah. same with me. I I've got the wedding right now, and that's like coming up in October, <laughs> and it's like taking up all just yeah. all of my time. But yeah. I really want to make it out there. Our fall events are becoming pretty like regular. Like we always have something, yeah. kind of uh, September, October, November, December. And then we usually take off January, and then we start up again February with Captain Con. So, Captain Con's February. You guys should keep that on your that radar. Be, Definitely. That, be the best bet, really. But uh, yeah. In other announcements, Rudy hosted a tournament, and uh, people showed up. Nice. So that was good. Cool. I mean, he took over hosting from someone else. So. 
What was the tournament? It was the uh, Ordo Fanaticus Club Challenge. Oh, okay. So he was running it this year, and people showed up, and congrats to him. I think that's actually is like... I think he's hosted some other tournaments that have been like, you know, like four to eight people, but yeah. this is a pretty big one, and that's good. he's still not a henchman, though, I'm pretty sure, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, but, yeah, that joke died, I think, because I'm pretty yeah. sure I, we yeah. gave him such a hard time for so long that it was kind of like, well, now we're just being mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's having a good time with that. So We're hoping to record with him in the future. Yeah. Uh, he's One of these times, <laughs> all three of us will record again at mm-hmm. some point. Just, but, uh, just not today. And then, uh, any announcements from you, Ken? Uh... I've been pretty out of the loop, but I don't think that anything is going on up here locally. Um, I don't remember anybody posting cool. anything for Flatland or uh, Summer Lull. Yeah, you know, like people cool. just want to be outside and <laughs> doing stuff. So, uh, but uh, so no, no one else, no new announcements for me. Right. Uh, I I played a game of Malifaux. It was forever ago. It was against uh, a local guy here, Tui. And uh, he played Seamus and I played Zoraida. It was a very good time. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> trying to keep the game segment short. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was forever ago, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mm-hmm. uh, I got a game in um, with the, the McMorning box that I picked up. My first non-Gremlin game and... I don't know, quite a while. I played one at Adepticon for a pickup game for a buddy. I played as Sonya, and it didn't go very well. But this one went a little better. Um, I'm really, really digging it. Like, the just the faction switch here is really helping me uh, get get excited about the game again and, and finding new, you know, new model interactions and things like that. It's just, like, really getting me excited about the game again. So, um, played against uh, Leviticus, which, you know, always... Uh, a fun time. Uh, and, uh, That's uh, a good matchup, though, for McMorning. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Um, it was fun. Uh, it was. Um, we're doing uh, extraction with um, uh, convict labor, detonate the charges, leave your mark, and um, frame for murder. Um, I managed to win. I got nine seven. Uh, I took. Um, Detonated charges and leave your mark. I just missed one point uh, for leave your mark because I wasn't paying attention to the to the turn really. I didn't have the only like actual scheme runner I had was uh, a canine remains because I was just running the running the McMorney box and uh, Ionis and uh, a performer to round out my fifty stones. <laughs> so it was a pretty interesting list. I, you know, I, I you were just grafting models into your game there. Yeah, I was like, what oh, mercenaries do I own? I, yeah, yep. What mercenaries <laughs> do I own? And uh, brought, brought, uh, I could have brought Bert and Gracie, but um, yeah, I, I passed up because I just wanted to try some. Yeah, music. that's um, awesome. And uh, yeah, I it worked out pretty well. Uh, I honest, I didn't do a lot of attacking of Leviticus while he was buried. I was using him mostly to just move my. Uh, Move my scheme markers around and makes things slow. Um, so uh, turned out pretty turned out pretty well for me. So uh, Adam, I know you've been you and uh, rocking uh, Yan Lo a little oh my bit. God. Yeah, 
I think I just was, as you were talking, I'm like, huh, thinking what I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Yan Lo, um, but I've really been playing Ten Thunders. And then I realized, I'm like, maybe the reason I've been playing more Yan Lo than, than just Misaki or, or Lynch's it's the Rezzer in me coming <laughs> coming out. <laughs> yes. But with that said, like I've been trying not to do Rezzer models. I mean, they're Rezzer models in the sense they're dual faction, but um, I've definitely been taking advantage of like Ten Thunders Brothers, the Kamino. So we did, we did a uh, a guy here, a local guy, and he he's um he's really taken to Malifaux. He's already basically bought all of the Arcanist faction. His name is Rich. Um, he is. He, he he jokes. He's like, oh yeah, my second and third factions are you know whatever. Like, and he's got like two second and third. Like, he basically is owning everything <laughs> at this point. You know, he yeah. he fell heavy for for the game, which is which is awesome. So about I got three three or four weeks ago, he sent out an email or a message. He's like, hey, we should do a secret Seamus for Christmas in July. And I didn't realize like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, twenty fifth July. So he set that up for that. And so it was basically, you know, five of us did it. And we all got randomly drawn to give gifts to other people. And then, um, you know, it took two weeks and you gave your stuff away. You gave your stuff to whoever you were matched up with. So I ended up getting, I asked for Kamainu. So I got those yesterday and I got to play with them. And they were awesome. I yeah, used yeah. them I used them in a, an interference game against uh, our buddy Corbin here. And he got so frustrated because he was playing Hoffman. So not only was I able to summon off of his scrap markers to get more Kamainu, but <laughs> I was also putting the Kamainu with their zero action to just jump they can place within three inches. And because he wanted to, like, power loop and stuff, he wants to keep within four. So I would just hop Kamainu in between all three of his, you know, models that were power looping or whatever and uh, engage him on interference. And it was just hilarious. He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And yeah, like they're not like the strong like for five soul stones. There's no. six wounds, but they're pretty hardy defense. though. You know, yeah, 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 hard to kill. kill armor armor. one, yeah. And then you have uh, Jan Lo over there who can just heal any model, and that heal he has is so good. That's yeah. What? How does that? What's his heal? It's the. So, um... It's a staff five. It's I think it's called. Um, it's not transcendence. I can't remember. It's instill youth, I think. Um, and it's basically a five cast. But if he's cheated up, that's like a cast eight sometimes seven and then uh, you need a 14 I think it is maybe a 15 to TN it and then for everything you beat the TN by you heal a wound on a model up to a max of four it's oh, only, so, only a 12 what is it? it's a 12? 12, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's really nice it's really good so you're basically healing four wounds on any model like I did it in one game against another guy uh, we were playing a game with uh, against his Arcanist and I just uh, pulled the Lone Swordsman out of Hard to Kill with, like, a oh, four-wound no. heal. <laughs> yeah. He had worked him down so hard to, like, his Hard to Kill, and then I just healed him back up, and he just charged in and, like, killed a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, John Lowe is, like, he is... He's not Lilith, because Lilith can put down terrain, but he's, like, a little bit in the... like. He has a little bit too much of Elite Cruise, and I think most 10 Thunders are like that, but he can do kind of a lot of different things uh, and with the Shadow Emissary the Shadow Emissary in him is just silly I don't know if you guys know what his uh, upgrade does I can't remember but I know that the only time I've ever lost to a Yanlo is uh, 10 Thunders Yanlo with a Shadow Emissary with the yeah so and... it does a couple of things but like the first is he gets his uh, Ancestor so he can get resummoned if you take Reliquary um, he gives uh, any friendly Yanlo or any friendly whatever basically Yanlo gets melee plus one 
um, in play. And then, uh, what's the other one? He gets, um, oh, anytime a friendly leader, or basically, basically, anytime Leon Lowe puts an up, no, it's friendly model. Yeah, I think it's anytime a friendly model puts an upgrade on within, I think it's six inches, eight inches, something like that, uh, he gains fast. Oh, man. So, <laughs> Shadow Emissary gains fast. Uh, so, we, we I basically, it, it's it's a transference, right? Shadow Emissary gains fast uses his AP to push another uh, friendly model with an upgrade, like Azamu, four inches, gives him fast, and then Azamu's got four AP to go really, you know, fast, plus his two AP, plus his melee expert, to go just run up there and charge, do whatever, and, and kill stuff. It's like, it's awesome. And then you still have your other two AP on the Shadow Emissary. Shadow Emissary drops a card, gets focus plus two, is doing probably six damage on his attack, if he gets the tone or the mask, he can take the action again, and then he's still got one more AP. If he, you know, if you have a lot of tone uh, masks with, with uh, the Shadow Emissary, it's it's really nice. So no, yeah, Yambo, man, he is he is awesome. I don't know anybody who anybody who discounts him is just now he's not awesome all the time. Like I went against a uh, a Hamlin crew yesterday and I got wiped out ten zeroed. That's, yeah, I was wondering who you were playing against when you were talking about the game. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. a Hamlin heavy crew, and he had basically done the rat. It, it, he didn't go like rat engine crazy, but he had obviously rats, so he could out-activate me. I had an elite crew of Shadow Mysterio, Zamu, uh, really two Tengu and a Shadow Effigy. Uh, I took a Katanaka Sniper because I was hoping I could get deployment where I could snipe out the hollow, uh, the uh, Obedient Wretch. Yeah. I did not because of the way the terrain was. But uh, he took Oathkeeper Killjoy, so I get I kind of like planned where he was gonna put him, and he put him like another, say four inches somewhere else, and it, you know it ended up me losing like Shadow Emissary, Zamu, and Leon Low in one turn. Oh yeah, yeah it was brutal. You know onslaught, and I had no good cards. I, I the other thing that's fun is with Yan Low in, in um, Thunders, Pathfinder, and traps. Mm-hmm. Because you have misdirection, you can misdirection yeah. off onto the traps. That yeah, is people, nice. Yeah. Uh, it seems like in Thunders, people forget about the Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Like I love him with uh, Mizaki too. Yeah. He's he's really solid for six points. He is really good. Does a lot of work. It's funny because I used the only reason I have a Pathfinder is I got him in one point five, and I got him because I was running him with Misaki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. They changed his box. Now you get two Pathfinders, I think, and you get like four wow. traps. It's just the, I think it's the same. It's the same? Although I don't know. I bought it right. Or, I might have bought the one. I could have sworn it's like two path. I could have sworn it's like two Pathfinders. I, I don't know. I don't think they changed think the, the Pathfinders, but yeah. Either way, yeah, Pathfinder is really good from the shadows. Got a blast on his attack. He's not super resilient. Like he dies very easily. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh. Cool. So yeah, so yeah, low. Yeah, I played down low a little bit, and I, I actually I enjoyed him. It was you know, it was were you playing him in Resers or Ten Thunders? In Resers mainly. I I think that I I should try him in Ten Thunders now that I've got so many more Ten Thunders models. In Resers, I played him a few times years ago, like when yeah first came out. His I found his biggest strength was getting his incorporeal upgrade, mm-hmm. and then giving out the. Uh, using his two action to make friendly spirits, up to three friendly spirits, take a one action within range. 
and you know who our friendly spirits are hanged, hanged. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty good right yeah <laughs> no, it's not bad <laughs> yeah uh mm-hmm. yeah i wasn't i played him it was very odd when i was playing him i, I felt like i didn't enjoy it it might have been during the beta actually so i think no. it was something where it's still changing too i remember i was very excited cuz it was that was the model that I bought that I like it was the day before they announced M2E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I bought the box set and it was just uh oh yeah, we're not playing with those rules anymore cuz Rudy was in the beta and he was like, "Oh, you're going to join the beta, right?" Okay, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, "Oh, I didn't know about this cuz I just started playing the game 3 months ago and I'm not on <laughs> any contact others. I have this box that I couldn't use for like a year." Mm. <laughs> but no, he's uh He's been he was fun when I was playing him, so cool. All right. Well there's that, some games. games. We'll talk about those. Uh, <laughs> so our segment. We're gonna do a weird debate club. That's our new segment. We've got some Malifaux and weird related debate topics. The idea here is that uh we'll have two people debating the topic. They have to take opposite sides, so whether or not they agree or disagree with the topic, if you know they're on the pro, they got to argue pro. Negative's got to argue negative. Uh, we're, those are we're going to determine those randomly, I think. I think unless people have really strong opinions, I guess. But I think randomly, we'll try that first. See how that works out. That's fine. Uh, we're, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll open up. We'll give you guys like we'll do the debate and then give a second to like open books and or pull out cards maybe. Just and this is like legit book. debate like we don't know the questions before too so. Yeah. Like I, I think we'll give you like a, a third like if you I don't know if you guys well I'll try and pick one topics that uh you guys will both have be familiar with enough that you're not like uh I actually don't know what that model does. I would appreciate yeah. it because there's a lot of <laughs> Yeah exactly. <laughs> a lot of More so I, for Ken then. I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let Ken pick the side he wants. How's that sound? <laughs> okay yeah we could do that too. That I, and and I, I tell you this is a great idea. I think you come, you guys come up with this is awesome. I'm excited about yeah, it. It's I, a really I, good idea. I'm just to throw this I'm just, it's not a new concept. I'm taking it from another podcast that's not Malifaux related that I listen to called The Great Debates. And they just they do it. It's their you know they they just talk about general topics in life and stuff. And it's it's entertaining if you're into other podcasts, give it a listen. But I figured we could put our our weird spin on it and do some fun stuff with it. Uh, we could do a timer on it. I'm gonna try it without for now and just see how it goes. I feel like uh, just es- like the, the, they'll just sort of naturally run their course. Maybe I'll put like a like a de- drop dead timer on it and we'll just assume that we'll not. Hit that time limit. Yeah, we're like 20 minutes on a clock, and I I don't think we're gonna last 20 minutes on most of these. But you never know. Uh, that way we're not going like for 30 minutes. And then uh, so basically it's gonna work with you know the the pro gets to make their argument first, then the con, you know take about a minute to to sort of lay out your argument. And then we'll get into back and forth where you guys will you know ask each other questions, sort of. Uh, debate their arguments, sort of come back at like on each other's stuff and talk about what you think they're mistaken about, and then we'll do closing statements where there's no back and forth and you just get to make your statements. So you guys got the rules? I think sure. so. All yeah. right, Kenza, you get to pick because Adam's gonna be nice to you. All right. <laughs> 
let me pull up the document with uh, all the different topic ideas. And I have a, a pretty good list that I made up myself, and we've got a few suggestions here and there, but if people want to send them in, you know, hit us up on Twitter and just suggest topics. We're hoping to keep this to be, like, more of a regular segment, so uh, hopefully we'll run through all of them. All right, so right now I've got them broken down into different categories. So we have, like, model topics, which are, you know, which model is better, which is the best of this, you know, sort of stuff. Is this model as good as everyone says? We have art topics, which are strictly based on, like, what sculpt is better, things like that. Okay. Uh, some, like, outside of, like, gameplay tournament etiquette stuff. And then just random stuff. It's probably more funny than good. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh... So, what do you guys want to start with? Maybe a model topic? Yeah, why don't, why don't we start with model, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, I've got one that I think will be right up Ken's alley. He'll have a good start here, and then we'll go to one that maybe Adam is a little more familiar with. I trust that Adam knows everything about Malifaux. So. I think Adam does know everything about Malifaux. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Anyway, so... Uh, actually, let me pull up the timer first before I forget. Because I will forget, and it will be like a four-hour debate. <laughs> We're gonna fall asleep before that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I don't know. I, I gotta wake up for my dog. That's about it. Since yeah. I'm flying solo this week. All right, so I'll stop that. I'll start it when we're ready. All right, so our very first topic on the Weird Debate Club is Ophelia. Is the best gremlin master? Ooh. And what side do you want to take? I'm gonna say against. Okay, Whoa! so we're going against. So Adam, Adam is arguing the pro. I'll give you a few <laughs> seconds to just gather your thoughts. That surprises me. The yes. best. <laughs> All right. The yeah. best gremlin master. All right. So you, you guys take like ten seconds. Think about it if you want to grab your book and flip open. Jeez. Now's the time to do it. And we are starting now. Go ahead, Adam, with your argument for Ophelia as the best Gremlin Master. All right. <laughs> the reason Ophelia is the best Gremlin Master is she is the original, uh, one and only, book one, ability to change her upgrades out uh, and be versatile on the board. Uh, she gets some of the weakest uh, totems but the most hilarious, and because of that, she can do something. I mean, there's a reason she was eroded, right, after a couple of months of book one coming out, where you can't pick up the gun and have her shoot and then push herself, whatever it is. Uh, gosh, can't remember their upgrade, but uh, I'm going to look. I'm going to look and find it. Jug rocket, I think. Jug rocket, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, her jug rocket where she could, like, use it to then use it to push herself, right? Yeah. Boost up the board. So they, they are out of that. Uh, she has probably one of the most deadly guns um, in in the game. And if you take Lenny with her, you're doing 468 damage if he's giving her the Rams. Uh, considering she's a book one master, she does do a hefty amount of damage and doesn't really worry too much about retaliation. Uh, her 12 wounds are pretty awesome, and she has the second lettuce squeal. So, uh, as we all know, getting out of range of a charge after it happens or 
moving in any direction to not be attacked after a first attack is uh, is pretty awesome. Uh, she also has one of the best abilities, and that is the companion ability. So you can go with any other model around her, and then she gets to activate. And being able to do that and combo a, a double shot, say with Francois, means you're t- killing key models off the board. And with the uh, eight to ten models on the board again, the game, uh, killing off key models is the name of the game a lot of times. So, uh, Ophelia Carr is pretty awesome. All right, Ken. Now time for your rebuttal. All right. So, Ophelia is great, but she's not the best grandma master. That goes to the man himself with the biggest hat, it's Summer. It's Summer Teeth Jones. He is hands down better. I know Ophelia has her upgrades, like she can swap out like during the game, pretty nice, but Summer is the most adaptable master that Gremlins have. Like You can do anything with him. You can be aggressive with him with his gun, which isn't too shabby, uh, with the ram that you, if you bring Lenny, or would do it like this, he can pass out whatever suit he wants uh, within eight inches for any of his gremlin uh, or uh, pig models. Uh, he gets like that sweet blast for four damage on a moderate, which is fantastic. Um, he also has one of the best gremlin abilities in the game, which is Bayou 2 card. I know a lot of people don't like this, but it's fantastic. If you just need, like, you know, you flip something low, like, you're already going to miss, you don't have anything in your hand, you don't want to cheat, you just flip another one. Like, not a big deal. Um, you get to draw cards when other gremlins die around you, like, which is fantastic. Um, and then you can do a lot with him. Like, you can um, you can build summoning with him, and you play him as more of a support role from the back to, like, buff up all of your other minions, or you play him a little more aggressively with his, like, gun. Um, he does a ton of damage. Um, you can make other masters discard their entire hand. He has 12 wounds, defense 6, willpower 6, and the loudest squeal. So whenever he gets attacked by anything, you can push him in 4 inches in any direction with regardless of <laughs> if, you get, if he actually gets hit or not. Um, and he's, uh, he's pretty great, and, uh, I think he's better than Ophelia. Like, he's just more adaptable. Um, Ophelia just kind of does one thing and one thing only. Um, she does it pretty well, but Summer can do a lot of other things that are just as well. So it's high noon, sitting on the streets of Malifaux. There's going to be a duel between Ophelia and Summer Teeth Jones. Ophelia's going to win. A gun I'm, duel. A gun duel. She's going to shoot with her eyes closed. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, this isn't Malifaux. We don't play in a vacuum. It's not just, like, Summer and Ophelia. Like, they've got their crew together, you know? Well, you said, she, you said he's the better better gremlin master than Ophelia. How is that possible if she's killing him? He's got his bros helping him out. <laughs> <laughs> he's handing out suits. Like, he's squealing around, you're going to shoot him one time and he's just going to push away. That's it. You're going to get one shot. And if you don't kill him... Which you can. He's going to be sticking around. Red Joker. Done. Well, not necessarily. He can stone for it, I guess. Right. 
Like it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be a real bad stone from from me. But he's still gonna stick around, and he's too squirrely. You're never gonna you're never gonna pin him down. Head on, sure. Ophelia has it. Ah, she, she kills things. But <laughs> Summer's just the best gremlin master. What does Jug Rocket do for damage? Jug Rocket is the original book, so I—it's <laughs> the one that's not the red. They don't change. I mean, they don't change the da- the damage. Okay, it just made it cost more, right? Yeah, they, um, they just made it so she can't do the push on herself. The Jug turn. Rocket. Yeah. Target suffers three, four, five damage. This attack action ignores line of sight, but not cover. Yeah. After this action is taken, discard this upgrade. And that's range twelve, shooting six. But. It's the upgrade. The, yeah, the um, target. The errata was the. Within yeah. two inches, placed anywhere within eight yeah. of this model. It's, I think it's not uh, taking yeah. It's target other friendly. Yeah, camp, right. I think now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Alright, you guys have any questions for each other about your, your arguments here? I mean. Well, so does Ophelia have a. Uh, does she have a. Malifo wiki named after one of her upgrades? <laughs> I don't think so. She doesn't. Does she have the biggest hat? Yeah, she's going to take it from Somer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does she have um, the lo- I'm sorry, does she have the loudest squeal? She has the hoochie better. What's the what's her ability? Oh, second loudest squeal cuz Summer has the loudest squeal. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know man. Yeah. I think I think I think uh Ophelia has more hilarious upgrades that she can take. Then then pull my finger. Yeah. I don't know. She can't get her bro. Hmm. Alright. Uh do we wanna do clothing closing statements now or? One last argument for your cause. I'd like to hear about not Somer, though, Ken, because we're talking about Ophelia. But the topic was, is Ophelia the best? <laughs> okay. He's using a classic yeah. counterpoint tactic yep. there. All right. Let's hear uh, some closing statements. We'll start with uh, Adam. All right. Uh, my closing statement is that um, Ophelia has more versatility in what she can kill and a lot of schemes and strategies have a lot of strengths where you can kill models and get the key model enemy models out of out of the way. She doesn't need to necessarily finish them. She does give friendly models in three. Um, they don't they don't shoot they don't have to worry about engagement um, for other height one models, shoot high boys. So she's empowering the rest of her crew. You can take the true, uh, while, while you know models or masters like Somer can take a so-called gun line, uh, Ophelia can be not only part of the gun line, but she can enhance the gun line. And uh, she can kind of scoot around the board and power up stuff. So uh, I think that her versatility to move around is more than Somer. Uh, and, and in general, more than what a lot of the rest of the faction has to offer. 
So, uh, yeah, I think with Ophelia, she's got the classic issues that most gremlins have. So, yeah, she she's a gremlin. She has problems like most gremlins do, but she does have a lot of strengths that other gremlins do. I mean, a shoot a shoot six with a plus two attack flip on her main attack, and then if she takes Jug Rocket, she can get it without with ignoring line of uh, ignoring line of sight. Uh, you know, she's she is the copycat per se of Perdita, and we all know that Perdita uh, acts in a similar way. So if you need range. Uh, the game is the game is won a lot of times based off of not having to deal with uh, engaging models because if you do so, you have to use your resources like your cards to uh, fight defensively. If you bring a knife to a fight against Ophelia, you're going to lose. And even if you bring good old Somer and his boom, whatever it's called, the boomer, you're going to probably lose because her stats are better, her damage profile is better, and she just looks better when she does it. All right, Ken, any final uh, thoughts? Um, yeah, like Ophelia, like she's pretty great at killing things, but she's a little one-dimensional. Um, she doesn't benefit her crew as much as some other masters, uh, mainly Summer. Uh, and she is a little weaker on the interact schemes, like which are pretty prevalent in Gaining Grounds uh, 16. Um, a lot more, uh, a lot more marker placement, a lot, uh, a lot less killing, and there are other masters that are in the faction that are a little bit better at that. So, all right. Well, that was great, guys. Excellent work for one of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, did, you did pretty good. I like was. I, I mean, I'm sure like you had her card out and everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun to listen to. I'm, it was a good, it was a good uh, back and forth, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Ken had the advantage here. Is his home turf? Yeah. You know, I gave right. him a softball there, and I think he probably did uh, defend it well. He, I think he probably won the argument there. One thing I would have liked to hear from Ken is some more talk about this height one. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to give that one away. That's, oh, that's a big issue. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you both argued well, and I think Ken just probably had a little more familiarity with just other options. And he got yeah. to choose, really. I mean, right. we should have, like, really gift-wrapped it for him. Yeah. <laughs> I would have still won if, well, if I did Thanks, I guys. And if anybody wants to, you know, weigh in, I'm sure we have listeners who might be have opinions on the subject. So we have listeners. I, well, I think like Mike G listens to the podcast. Mike might G. Know no, you're like on one listener is actually on the podcast yeah. right now. Oh, okay. Mike G and uh, after all of our hiati- hiatuses, yeah, we might be lost out. <laughs> uh, Mike, it's just Mike G and uh, Bucky from from Breach Boys. That's it. That's all we've got left. Anyway, well, they both know about Gremlins. They do. Anyway. They do. <laughs> Well, that was good. I'm glad we started with that one. All right, and we had plenty of time left. I'm glad I had the timer. That was good to just sort of keep track what of. Did we, what did we hit, like 15 there was, minutes? Yeah, it was about 15, a little less than 15, but still good. That's what I was sort of expecting. They're going to be all slightly less than 15, unless they get super heated. Uh, cool. So there's one topic down. Uh, 
You guys want to try another one? Yeah. You guys... Yeah. Yeah, let's do another one. Okay. Uh, cool. Let me pick one out. Huh. Do you want to... Let's do a... Let's change it up. Let's do an art topic. Okay. Wow. So hmm. this will be interesting. So uh, you might want to look at the weird website for, like, yeah. a crew box picture. Okay. Uh, ooh. Hmm. So, Adam, you're going to get to choose on this one since Ken got to choose on the last one. Uh, there's some good ones in here. I think... Uh, ooh, now, I guess, okay, so in honor of you doing Ten Thunders and having played uh, Neverborn, I'm going to have to ask you this one. And this one is the near and dear to my heart. So I'm very interested to hear how you guys' opinions on it. Hungering Darkness is the worst plastic miniature produced by oh, Weird. No. <laughs> the worst ever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? That oh, is wow. the topic. That's the topic. You get to choose. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh. Produced by Weird, not in the history of plastic models. Yeah, just, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. like weird, no I got you. The no, worst no, I, weird model is, yeah. is pretty high up there, actually. So. I... I can get my Hunger and Darkness out and look at it to sort of help me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, because I'm trying to think of other plastics that... Are as bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you get to choose what side you want to argue. I'm, I'm gonna go for four. You're gonna go. Okay, we're gonna yeah. start the clock then. This one's probably not gonna be 15 minutes. So. Oh my gosh! No, I I'm trying. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. okay, so I own this model. I have personal experience with it. It engineering wise you know, modeling-wise, is terrible simply because it has a big vagina on its head. <laughs> and unless you fill that gap with some green stuff, you are not going to have a good-looking model. And even if you do, you still have a bad-looking model. Um, he looks like a tadpole that has a tumor in his head but then decided that he didn't want to have any legs, feet, or other way to move. So I don't know why he's incorporeal. I don't know how he's moving around the board. But he just looks straight up silly. Hungering darkness, you think, okay, if thing's got a big mouth. That's the only thing that model has going for it, is the big mouth. Besides that, it is the worst model. It doesn't even have arms. It has an action called tendrils. Those little pig, you know, pokey little six or eight, however many he's got, tentacles that he's got, they're not tendrils. Tendrils are like, you know, clawy, octopus-like type things. And his model is a misrepresentation of the awesome fluff and the awesome uh, abilities, actions, and tactical actions that are on his card. Heed my voice. I will heed nothing, good hunger and darkness. All right, Ken. Good luck. <laughs> this is like the worst possible <laughs> debate position because I don't know anybody who thinks that it isn't. But <laughs> you're the one person now. 
Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you don't have so, to say it's the best. You just have to say it's not the worst. It's got to be better than something, right? Right. It is better than something. Because I will say this. For Hungry Darkness, it's... It's not very good looking, but it's pretty easy to assemble. Now, I don't know, and I've assembled Hungry and Darkness, um, but have you guys ever built any Bayou Gremlins before with, uh, with separate feet and yes. the tiniest of, of arms uh, holding things that, uh, that just are begging to be broken? Um, yes. because I think that the Bayou Gremlins have it. Like, I was, or, man, or not even Bayou, you could do Bayou Gremlins or, or Skeeters. I don't I, I have a half a Skeeter built. Um, I, <laughs> the other one is still on the sprue. I think I've lost pieces for it, because it broke while well on it. Um, they don't fit on the base. They are. They also have like tiny little legs and little antennae, um, and the model itself. Like they're, I like they're not very great. Like at least Hungering Darkness, he has some stats, you know, to kind of bring him up. But Skeeters, like they're pretty lacking. Like they're pigeonholed into one thing. I I don't know. I I think as far as like things being frustrating to build and, like, the layout of sprues, I think that Hungering Darkness is not the worst model, the worst plastic model in Weird's range. It's the worst-looking one. (sighs) Was that the actual... I I mean, he he just said worst model, so... Okay. But it is just the worst model. In terms of art, it isn't. My argument is that not only is he and plastic specific annoying, he's not necessarily annoying to assemble. But when you assemble him, you have to do a lot of extra work. That even after you do that extra work, like I have done the extra work to smooth out his big vagina head, that he (laughs) still has a terrible sculpt. (laughs) Uh, just to help, I did a Google image search for Hungering Darkness, Malifaux. And you and you had to turn on the not you know you had to turn off the not safe search so you could actually yeah. find models that, <laughs> that allowed you that to search for excellent conversions of Hunger and Darkness though yeah but uh go ahead Ken wait do you want to uh, we're back like, and forth now so I <laughs> if you I anything. like I I the heart I don't the heart isn't in this argument for me right. <laughs> you're gonna concede wow because. Hungering Darkness is the worst plastic <laughs> model in Weird's Rage. Right. It's the most like even the even the conversions that have been like that are good are still pretty pretty bad. Like uh he's just they could have done anything and anything else would have made it was ever a model better. in need of a uh, nightmare edition. I wanted Neverborn to win, or Ten Thunders to win, just to get a Nightmare Lynch set. <laughs> so that they get a new Hungering Darkness. The problem isn't, like, his... It isn't his... Like, that's why my, my argument is, like, his mouth is, like, cool, but then it's, like, don't look anywhere else. If you look at the box art, 
right? The box art is just his mouth, like, opening up. It looks cool. And then you look, oh. Oh. Yeah. It's like, like a little piece of sperm. Also, you only see the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, take yeah. a drum and cut his face off. I mean, his his hands are the worst. Like, don't, yeah, yeah like everything terrible. else is annoying, but, like, what are his no hands arm. doing? He, they're, they're, they're not even cool. arms. What are, they don't even have, like, nails on the end of them. No. They're not even scary looking. It's, like, the laziest thing. Like, if they were, like, actual, like, squiggly tendrils, like, kind of coming like said, from, like, around him, yeah, yeah, it would be so much better. I think, though, Ken, you were on to something when you started arguing, just in terms of sheer frustration level at assembly. I think there are definitely models that are worse yes. in that vein. I think you you went for the right track there, but... right. But once you assemble them, you're like, yeah, you know what? This was awesome. Yeah, you assemble yeah. Hungering Darkness, you're like, why did I bother? <laughs> yeah, those biogram ones are really annoying to put together, but once they're together, they look good. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, a Hungering Darkness is uh, five pieces. Yeah, exactly. It's not a difficult model. I think that, yeah, that was your best track, and you, you went for it, but... Yeah, I just my heart wasn't in it, you know. I just, <laughs> so bad. Well, no, I, I'm looking at I'm look I'm looking at the the build instructions and remembering that. I mean, I must have built him. Five oh yeah, years because ago. it is five pieces because it's the two sides, his mouth inside yes, of it, and then the arms. Yeah. Right, and I think when I assemble him, I think you don't have to even just clean up his head, right, where his between his eyes. I think you also had to. Cl- I think I had to clean up even the like his palate, like where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. Like I think I had to even green stuff that part. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And it, to be fair, it is like one of the first plastic miniatures they produced. It's the first, yeah, it was the first yeah, year they did plastic. Box, right? It was that and Misaki, I think. Yeah, but like, I don't think it's like, even though he's in plastic, like, they could have done anything else. Like, the sculpt is just bad. Like, if that was in metal or otherwise, like. What's the body, right? And also, you think about what he is. He's a tyrant, right? Well, we don't we don't know that. Oh, we don't know. That's right. Well, he's not a fisherman. Yeah. So, like, you look at now some of the new bigger models. Like, we have just the emissaries as an example. Like, you put right. him next to an emissary, it's like, hey, you're cute, hungering darkness. Yeah, exactly. Where he should be on par with them, probably. Um, you know, or at least. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's an evolution of the of the, of the plastic. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, for sure. No, I and I understand. It's just like. I don't know. Like, yes. Who thought that was a this weird you know tadpole thing? <laughs> tadpole needs a hat. Look, have you have you guys read the story? Like the story in that book when he first came out is really fun. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. And no, you're like, oh, really he's like this monster in the basement, and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Scary. <laughs> All right. Well, that one obviously went to Adam. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see. I'll, I'll give that to Adam. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the easy yeah, one we, on that one. Either, either random. Uh, I think you guys want to try and do one more. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more. more. Let's do one more for sure. All right. So that was an art one. We have a tiebreaker. Yeah, that's true. It is tied. Ooh, see that one would be good, but Ken, you haven't. You wouldn't be able to argue one of the sides because you've only been to one of those. Uh, let's say that. Ooh. Oh my goodness! I just saw a picture online of the Jargumo because I ordered them, and <laughs> holy cow! Oh yeah, have you? Yeah, good luck. Oh, uh, I hope you're very creative with your basing. What is that? It, that looks like it's balancing on like, I don't know, pins. 
And I don't mean pinning the model. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. Right? Oh my gosh, this is silly. Like, I think, you know what Ten Thunders is going to become? The models that need to be proxied because you're going to have to mag... Like, my <laughs> Ten Thunder, my Shadow Emissary, I'm like trying to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Like, i got to put him on a magnet or something so I pull him off and I'm just going to have a base on the, on the table. <laughs> Same thing with the... <laughs> I think it's hanging off like double three time three fifty mil bases. It looks like. Yeah, it's it's massive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. That's <laughs> no, well. Right. All right, I think we should do a gameplay topic. I feel like neither of you is going to want to argue the pro for this. I'll do it. I don't even know what it is. I'll do it. Until we have another person. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know what it is. I'll 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 go for the pro. All right. Uh, <laughs> since you've agreed to do it, I will. Interesting. I'll so take this it. Is a, this is a gameplay sort of related to how we play the game, and uh, not necessarily specific to weird, but it's uh, you know related to us. And uh, let me start the timer. Get the timer ready. The debate is, marking your wounds with dice is better than marking them on a card with a dry erase marker. Okay, before I start my argument for the pro, I hate dice on the board. (laughs) (laughs) I knew as soon as you said that I had to give you it. (laughs) Okay, here's the pro. It's simple. When you are playing any game, you like to know game state. If you're marking on your card while you have game state available, it's usually across the table on the other side of terrain, potentially behind terrain. Things can get pushed and marked and unmarked and whatnot. People don't always use dry or or wet erase markers. They use dry erase. You should not use dry erase. So that's the first problem, that people don't seem to realize that you should be using wet erase markers because it's easy to, hey, I flipped my card over to read uh, an action. Oh, I wiped off a wound. I didn't realize. Oh, he had how many wounds? Ah, I don't remember. Or, oh, hey, I turned the card to show these activated. Oh, maybe I swiped a wound off. Well, guess what? I can't tell if you did because I'm across the table from you. Dice, if everyone's watching the board, are easily managed and easily monitored. Now, dice do need to be the right size, so you should be using small dice like the um, Chessex kind of multi, multi-packs that have like the super teeny dice. Uh, you can use any size dice you want. Obviously, D6s aren't always the best, so you want to make sure you have other size dice. Uh, the great thing about dice is it's a their place in a spot on the board where everyone can see it, and if it gets knocked, you can see that someone knocked it. So as a model activates, they're going to say, someone will say, I activate this model. You look at that model. You see how many wounds are on it. Right, you know, you, you as the opponent, and you know as the model is either moving, adjusting, takes wounds, whatever, that you can see what the model's uh, wounds were before, and you can easily uh, identify if it got knocked or, or whatnot. Um, the other reason uh, dice are better is it's easier to see uh, how many wounds are left. So uh, you and your opponent need to agree at the beginning of the games. It's easy enough to do that where you decide whether you're counting up or counting down. So, for example, if someone's counting down, then there are no dice on the board. The model has full wounds. If you're counting up, every model has a die, and you know more or less 
how many wounds it has remaining. Again, game stay is important. So dice on the board, if you're counting up uh, to how many wounds until it's dead, then you can see that uh, there's no dice. Counting down, you can see, oh, hey, he's got eight wounds left, six wounds left. Okay, he's almost dead. Cool, five, four, three. Um, while dice may look like they clutter the board, they don't um, any different than a activation marker or a poison marker or whatnot. Uh, dice are clearly identified as long as people are using clearly identifiable dice. So um, the big reason yeah. to use dice on the board is because it is uh, in a spot that both players can view equally, whereas marking on a card is only viewable by one person easily. All right, Ken, let's hear your uh, your your argument, your opening argument. So dice, um, as much as uh, Adam doesn't want them, they clutter up the board. And uh, it can get confusing. Uh, I know uh, you said you can just, like, pick them back up if they get knocked over, but who, like, maybe you put it back wrong. Maybe someone, maybe a di dice gets knocked over, a die gets knocked over, and you don't know what it was. Um, but uh, with a marker, like, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never had any issues with dry erase. I don't know what kind of markers uh, Adam's used in the past, but uh, I don't really have any issues with it getting wiped off when I flip the card around. Um, I'm always looking at the card, so I remember, like, what it says uh, for wounds. And then there's always this argument, and I feel like no one can ever come to a really good agreement on whether or not to count up or count down, whereas the on the cards, you're, I mean, you're provided these cards that have um, uh, a system to mark wounds, and why not use them? It, it works perfectly. Um, you just, like, mark one for wound. There's no counting up or counting down, um, and it's just easier. There's less stuff on the board. Um, you know, if you're using activation markers, it's one thing. Like, you know, sometimes those are needed. Uh, but adding dice into the mix just, like, adds, like, one extra thing that players, it's going to, like, take away from uh, from the game. It's going to be too cluttered of a board. So. All right. Do you guys have any rebuttals directly for each other? Yeah, I got one. So you talk about whether or not things get mar uh, knocked and stuff, the difference is at least there are four eyes looking at something get knocked, whereas if something gets wiped, knocked uh, on your side, you have only your own eyes, and you are impar not impartial if it is your own card. Uh, not to mention, you could knock it and not realize it for a turn or two, and then your opponent doesn't realize how many wounds you have left. So how do you, how do you, how do you argue that having both players see whether a die gets knocked is worse than having one person who is moving models on the board notice if they have wiped, swiped, um, mismarked, or marked the, die, the wounds on the card. Right? Unless you're standing next to the person that's marking on the card, you can't be certain that they marked the right number of wounds. Uh, for example, you could have a situation where you say, oh, you take five wounds and they go, oh, okay, so I have armor, so they only take four. But you told them five because you knew they had armor, but you really did six damage to them. And so... Wouldn't you, just, wouldn't you just correct them when they said that? Yeah, but, how do you, but they might not say it. They might just put down that number of wounds marked on, the, on their card. Right? You don't see what they've done. 
But I mean, with, you with would... a die, you see how many wounds they had and how many they have left. With a with a marker on the other side of the board, you can't see what they've marked as easily, unless you're going over and standing next to them, and that totally slows down the game, makes it look like you don't believe them, and the dice at least is a state where you both notice and can monitor it. There's a reason Vassal has it on the models, right? If it was just marking it locally, why wouldn't I just mark it on my card here at home while well, you mark it over your on your card in Chicago or Detroit, wherever you live? <laughs> <laughs> it's Detroit, but... Yeah, um, right. So, so, I mean, why, why not? So when we play Vassal, we won't mark wounds on our, uh, on our models. We'll just, we'll just believe each other across, across the country. I mean, do you not like talk to your opponent during the game at all? Never. You, never. You just no. like you're just silent. You yeah. Just, yeah, that's you how get I play. All the information. <laughs> no, I just think it's a it's not a big deal to just ask your opponent like w- to clarify some things, and I just like think that cluttering up the board is just it just takes away from other things that you might be thinking about. So do you do you use activation markers? No. How do you how do you identify what models have activated? I tap my cards like I do in Magic. When I've used something, I just rotate it. What happens if you have to look at the card? I just look at the card. It's tapped. You can't pick it up now. But you don't know every single ability and stat on all of your minions? I do, because the cards face up. But what if I want to see an action on the back of them? Then you pick it up. You just remember that it was it was tapped. What if you forgot? Yeah, you just don't forget. Well, I guess I think that the board cluttering argument isn't valid. Um, so you're, you're going to use dice and, like, activation markers? I use activation markers in most of my games. Okay. But you're also going to use dice? What if you, like, move a model and you forget to move the dice with it and it gets, like, there's a bunch of models clumped up and you don't remember where that dice was, that die was? I'm going to start a Kickstarter that has this big stand that has uh, a tray at the top that has a holder for dice. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like... That, you know, you know, I'm going to actually I'm going to start a laser cu- cutting company that's going to have a thing that's just like Heroclix, and now we're going to play Heroclix. Oh, so we're just going to yeah. mark wounds on the bottoms of the bases. Yep. Why not? I would probably buy that. <laughs> alright do you guys have any closing thoughts on this debate or do you guys think you got it all out uh, I think you guys think got most of it out there we talked about it I think see I think we both feel a little differently about it like I like not like can we officially say yeah, that the yeah. argument is the over the debate is done we're going to do is... a discussion about the debate now okay like, I, as far as, like, dice goes, if I'm, like, summoning, like, with Summer, like, and I have multiples of, of like, minions out, like a bunch of Bayou Gremlins, I only have one Bayou Gremlin card, so I can reference, like, what abilities it has if I need it, and then I use dice to mark all the wounds, like, little Chessex dice. Like, I think that in some instances, like, it works, and then in other instances, like, I don't want to see them... Right. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I agree with you that, like, that's the idea where you want one card. But the problem, like, in that scenario is when you play against Somer with Biogremlin is you have the mostly clumped together. Right. So it's hard to track which goes with which. 
I, I do agree. Like, you think about rats, right? Rats mm-hmm. are another analogy usually discussed. Like, you have rats where you go, oh, well, I only need one rat card because I have, like, eight rats on the board. Well, they have, what, two wounds, three wounds, whatever it is. So does it is it worth getting eight rat cards out to subtract that and then erase it and then draw it again every time a rat is summoned? It's, like, bonkers. Right. And, like, how do you keep them straight on the cards? Like... I, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, so personally for me, yeah, it's hard. Like, I, well, with rats, I, I don't even know. If I was to play, honestly, if I was to play Hamlet, and this is not for my, this is not even for my opponent. It's more for me. Is I would, and I do this with my changelings, and I do this with um, other models that I have similar of. Is I unless unless they have a stat card that matches the the, the artwork matches the model, I mark it with a number. Like, I have some of the old stitched together, which the stitched together artwork doesn't look that much different, I don't think, based on when you bought the cards, because they, yeah. I don't know if you know some of the I think weird. I have the old metal stitch, too, and they're, yeah, they're, like, the same. Yeah. And so, like, I have the, the labels on the models. Like, I actually write one or two in paint on the rim of the, car, uh, rim of the model, and then I have that written down on the card, so it's easy to track. Okay. Uh, now, I mean, with Biogramma, it's tough, right? Because of two, it's tough both ways. It's tough having six Bayou Gremlin cards, but it's also tough having six dice in the board. I think, while I agree with you generally about your approach, I think you're actually better off doing a card. You know, because I don't have the argument anymore. I think you're better off not having all the dice in the board, and you're better off having six cards with all of them labeled, and just always knowing. You know that's. Yeah. That's like that's you know we're going to like the preparedness of the game. I think that that's one of the big things about tournaments is you need to come prepared in case something happens. Like in case you're going to have that many models. Well, if you own that many models, you should be prepared to be able to differentiate between them. Right. And so whatever way works for you, maybe you maybe dice work for you and you have a different colored die for every model and you put a dot right on each of the biogremlins you own and now it's easy to tell. That the the red dot is this, the blue dot is this, the green dot, you know. So, right. There are obviously tons of ways you can do it. I think it's really just making sure that you've identified and easily made it possible for somebody, usually your opponent, to verify. Oh yeah, okay, that model is this. You know, that's how many wounds it's got. But right. And I think too, like a lot of that is like talking with your opponent before the game starts and being like, hey, yeah. like, are you okay with me marking these with? dice or whatever or this is how I'm planning on doing this uh, yeah so I always I always agree I agree I mean you talk with your opponent I think the biggest thing about it is you need to be able to track it to some degree on your own a lot of times uh, and that's more for the fact that you want if you want to kill something you got to know how many wounds it has left um, and then just asking hey I Last turn, that model only had two wounds left. It only has two, and then like you're activating now, and be like, you know, we said last turn it only had two wounds left, and you're like, oh no, it has three. You're like, no, we said two. Like having, like you're talking about having that discussion, right? Right. You're, you're saying this is what I thought you either said or this is what I think I did. Is that correct? Yes. And it's not like you're being disbel, you know, you're not disbelieving somebody. You're just guaranteeing or hopefully guaranteeing that you both have verified the game state. Whether right. that's dice, whether that's writing on cards and confirming between two people, yeah. Well, I think that's where it really, I lay on the argument here, is that 
there are times when dice are better than dry erase and times the opposite. I mean, it really depends on the board state and what you're playing, too. Like, certain crews can handle dice better than others. Right. Like, you're playing, like I was playing Arcanist, and I had six models in my crew. I could play dice, and it's, like, whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get cluttered no matter how many, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just... like, I, I have that problem with, um, so, like, I use, I do use activation markers pretty regularly. Like, I, the past couple games, even with 10 times I've been doing it, even though I don't have that many models. Uh, but my big one is my Kaloti list. So, my, I mean, the Kaloti list I play is notorious for my opponent's kind of having analysis paralysis to deal with. So my way of always mitigating that is twofold. The first thing I have to do is obviously explain basically how the list works at the beginning of the game, and so they know. But then I also make sure, because of there's so many there's so many out-of-activation things going on, that I mark the models appropriately on the board so that my opponent knows, number one, either who hasn't activated or who has focus, who doesn't have focus, and that changes a lot of like the ranges and things. And I do that because while it's for me, it's really for my opponent more. You, you know, you, you're trying, I'm trying to make sure that somebody knows what is coming at them because right. it's a lot of stuff to take in. If you just left it blank, I, I can just, you know, not that my opponent isn't going to believe me, but it's easy to just, for myself, get confused, but also them not realize, oh, wait, that model had, I have three changes I can shoot. Well, I shot that one. Well, that one didn't have focus. Oh, this other one, had, you know, like they, they can have a better target priority that they can analyze. Right. Yeah, that's something I, like, I don't know that I've, I've played it in enough, like, actual tournaments, but it's, I need to order some markers because I, like, I, I'm switching to resers. Like, I have, like, no corpse markers. I just yeah. use, like, different colored bases usually and like I want to actually get something that like okay like that is like now a resource that I can use on the board mm-hmm. and like just because it just yeah like you said it clarifies things with your opponent and lets them know a little bit more about what's going on um, and like so I'm, I'm trying to find like a set of markers that I that I kind of uh, like I mean so. I say widget wizards just because I they've been very good for me yeah, they also sponsored one of my tournaments, but right. they do a token set that I really like. Um, it does a really good job for for the center of the board, and then they give you uh, six ski markers and four generic markers that you can write whatever you want that you on them. On. That's cool. Yeah, so I use this to wet erase, and yeah. then I believe they also do like just corpse markers. Yes, they have just a corpse marker set as well for like five bucks, a bag of six of them. Yeah, I haven't yeah, stuff I haven't really used nice. the widget wizards, but I think I've I've seen them obviously on the table, and they're they're very nice. I was envious I like with my uh, I bought a set like I don't remember. They what also did the measuring from. tools. Yeah, I just, I, I just really like nice. I just pulled up their website actually. So I mean, I, I, I say they're good, and I I say this truly because I've bought stuff from them, and I've approached them about tournament stuff. And they're not only, like, responsive, but, like, the quality of the, the acrylic they use is, is quite nice. Um, and they offer some stuff that, I mean, I, I think it's good. Like, the stuff, it does, like, the, some of their sets are, like, game board state sets. Like, a lot of them, they all, they form the ring around the model. Right, yeah. But it looks which, like those come with their token sets. Yes, too. they do, like, yep. So. And those are cool, and they're they're definitely good, but... I think I use mostly from them. It's the 
defensive, the focused, and the um, they have check marks. So the check marks are activation markers. I mm-hmm. use those the most. And then obviously blast markers and, and the ski markers right. and stuff like that. But everything else is kind of cool that it's in there. I don't use it as much. I mean, do I really need something to show that I'm paralyzed? No, I can write that on my card. Like those types right. of things, yeah. like I write on my card. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the other thing with the dice. I'll, when I use dice, I'm writing on my card in addition to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like right. real, realistically, I, I have I'm doing both. It's just because I keep I'm one of my biggest weaknesses in is organizing my cards. Like I am not someone who can tap my card and then pick it up and then put it back down tapped. Like I yeah. just do not. I, do I'm that. I'm similar too. And it's not even. It's mostly because a lot of times I have not now in Ted Thunders, but like in the past, is I have like eight, nine, ten models for the whole game. Yeah. You know, it doesn't and, matter for me what how many models I have. It's still a mess. You can ask, uh, oh, what, yeah, at Adepticon, me and Ken were trying to play a game. <laughs> we might have had a few beers, but uh, <laughs> it was bad. I couldn't find half my cards, <laughs> even though they were right in front of me. Anyway, well, that was fun. Yeah, uh, cool. I, that last debate, uh, you know... We were, we we didn't really, I didn't decide before we started talking about it more. Yeah. I do think that I'm way too biased to decide on this one because <laughs> I do like having dice on the table, but it really is something where it could be either way. I I, like, I, I personally really do dislike dice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, That's why and I, it's I was I was gonna because... pick a different one, and then you were like, "But I'm gonna pick the pro no matter what," and I'm like, "All right, fine." <laughs> and and, it, and it, it bothers me mostly. Um, because it's so inconsistent between what people use. Some people use like two d6s, and now you have two d6s for models that have like you know more than six wounds. Right. Yeah. Or you have a d10 or a d12, whatever. Right. And well, those is, those yeah. dice get knocked over easily. Gaining grounds, 2016, six-sided dice. I know. I know. So <laughs> I only use six-sided. I have a very like. These are like the cheapest dice. They were perfect. They are like a really random size, though. They're like because they're not super tiny, but they're smaller than standard by enough that they fit really nice, and I'm very happy with them. I bought them for a drop zone commander where you do need like a ton of little dice to mark everything because mm-hmm. they don't have stat cards. It's very sad. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that uh, you guys both did well. I liked Ken's argument. There was one in there that was good, but uh, I'm not going to decide. It's going to be a tie. <laughs> tie. <laughs> because I, I'm too biased, really. I'm going to say dice. I'm going to go with Adam because he's right. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a good debate. Anyway, this was fun. I'm glad we tried this out. Yeah. I'm going to try it again some more. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we can get Rudy on here again and he can... Uh, debate. I'm going to have to try my turn as not being the moderator, too. That'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Once we get some topics that I didn't write. <laughs> I like I like that you didn't give a ton of time. Like It was a lot of random thoughts because otherwise it just becomes too analytical. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to... Yeah, like a, like a few seconds to sort of think about it before you yeah. know. Yeah. But not... We don't need five minutes of <laughs> let me get out all the stat cards from... You know, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Let me pull all of the cards for henchmen in the entire game and <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Well, I mean, if we were to talk about who the best henchman is, you should do that one. Oh, we will. Don't worry. That's on the list. <laughs> okay. 
I've got a, I mean, I've got a bunch. You know you have to get. I mean, hasn't UK, this been decided? Hasn't this been decided already? Like there was that whole bracket. Like, what do we need to do? There are new henchmen now, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the whole age-old, you know, UK decision versus the US that they oh, picked God. Cassandra and we picked Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's weird because, you know, I thought I was American. <laughs> Cassandra is amazing. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that, that there we're definitely. I'm looking forward to doing this more. I'm hoping it's going to be a continual thing, and maybe keep up the having guests on to sort of get more regular on our release schedule here. Because getting the three of us regular hosts together is impossible. It it just point. can't it just can't be done. It's never going to happen again. I mean, I'm sure it will, but we we can't wait for that. We got to just go on with these great people like Adam and yep. uh, other people. We're going to line up. I think Adam, you've been on the show. I think more than Ken at Have this I? point. No. <laughs> Have I been on the show before? I don't even yeah, he's been on a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we did the last year at Gen Con. We did our double sode where we where we recorded your guys and ours. At the same oh, time. that's right. Yeah. And then you talked about something. That, well, you were on pretty early. Oh, I did a. Was it a yeah. Pandora? Yeah, I think we talked about Pandora. That sounds familiar. Yeah, because one of you was starting Pandora, and I was yeah, just kind of going over. Ah, oh, Pandora. Yeah, I've been teaching a local guy Pandora. Nice. He uh, he started with Lilith. He's only been playing for like two weeks, and he played Pandora for the first time the other night. And then I showed him what Pandora can really do, and his mind was blown. Ken I ruined think... Pandora for me. Oh. He ruined her. <laughs> that game. Filthy brewmaster. <laughs> oh, there's nothing less fun than playing Pandora versus brewmaster. I, I guarantee it. I'd rather play against Rat Engine Levy all day than play Pandora against Brewmaster ever again. That game took so long. To Did play. you take uh, Trixie? Oh, you're playing. You're playing Gremlins, right? You take yeah, Trixie Bell. Oh, I for sure took Trixie yeah. Bell. Yeah, <laughs> there was That's like the like, balance factor right there. Yeah, They're just like it was just like so. I had much, like, too, though. <laughs> well, did. yeah, obviously. I but couldn't like, cheat though. Higher, you kept cheating higher than me. Yeah, there was just like no like. There were a lot of times where just like it was just like abilities happening and just like not a lot of us like doing anything. It was just stuff was happening and we had to deal with it. Like it's like, well, all right, like it's the drinking contest yep. again. Like let's, uh, let's see. I, I actually have not played against Brewmaster. There's nobody that plays him and I would love to play against him. I love playing playing Brewmaster. I, yeah. I like I don't win very often but I, I just enjoy playing No, him. he's fun to play. I don't mind playing against him. I'm just never gonna play Pandora against him ever. Again. I think I think you said after we like finish cleaning up, you're like, if we ever find a game where that that has that are the two masters that we've picked again, we're just redoing it. We're not doing we're not I'm playing serious. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. I mean, I you know, I would in a tournament. Obviously, you know, it's a different thing. But right, not that I played Pandora in tournaments or anything. But <laughs> anyway, this was uh, good. I while you guys were debating, I placed my order. So there we go. Yeah. Okay. Would you Would you finalize on? I, I did. I went with the Neverborn. I went to Tanya. Good. Yeah. I've been working on Lilith and Zoraida, like getting them painted up, and I think that's gonna be the most fun for. Modeling and painting. Yes, yeah, we good. So I did yeah, that. The generalist and ripples, and that got me my mist models. Oh, okay. So, so you did. That. Cool. And it's on its way. Yeah, nice, dude. Man, I I can't. I I did Oni book. Uh, classic fate deck. Then the wild ones, which is gonna be awesome. 
Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed I'm not getting that. But I'm glad I spoke to you guys, too, because I forgot about the Generalist deck almost, so I grabbed that. I have all effigies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Leg awesome. Legit changelings. Yeah, those are for tournament stuff. The Iconic Fate deck. And then Riva and um, Titania. And then another Wild Ones for tournament stuff. And, uh, yeah, the Twisted deck. So, like, all the things. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> Pretty much everything they have. Pretty much yeah. No, I didn't get Nelly. That's true. Or uh, Zip. Well, yeah, because Zip's Or the Arcanist, dude. Cause... Yeah. Oh, he's boring looking. <laughs> yeah, that box. I want to play Arcanist. That's the thing. Like, I want to be playing Arcanist. You guys, you don't think that box None is cool? None of them for me. No? I like the idea of it. You know that the... the... Bon, what's the Bonasuva? Bonasuva, like yeah. the artwork. I think the model's gonna be fine. The artwork just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it does look like everything except like his face. Like his face looks weird. Like it just yeah. looks like it looks almost like Genie from like, Aladdin. But then like somebody decided they wanted to put him through like a like he was like a, like a candle of wax and melt him. And like he just looks like not. Like a solid thing. It's weird. Yeah, like I, one, or maybe when I read the rules, I might be interested. But based on just the box and the one card, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I'm. I, I like the way the box looks, but I I don't play Arcanist, so. Yeah. Can yeah, I mean the box is like I think the model looks fine. Rule. Yeah, I mean it's just it's weird. It's gonna the model's gonna look cool when it's people oh, yeah. them up. I'm not I'm not worried about it looking bad. It's just not something the, I, that appeals to me. Yeah, it's the artwork to me that I'm just kind of like, what is the stance? Like I don't understand the stance. What is he doing? It doesn't even because it doesn't look like it's like a move. It yeah. just looks like it looks like a pose, which usually weird models aren't poses. They're fluid motion, like, snapshot. Like, right. Sandeep, he looks like he's doing something, and they just took a photo. Mm -hmm. Kudra looks like she's doing something, and there's a photo taken. Bonasuva looks like he's, like, posing for, like, some camera or something. Yeah. Oh, Kudra, <laughs> I didn't even really look at her. That looks awesome. Yeah, yeah she looks she's cool. She's my favorite one of the of the box. Yeah, definitely. And the game, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, then they just look like they're getting neutered. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's Gen Con. Order your stuff. Oh, we forgot to announce the fact that Gen Con's happening. No, you no, mentioned it. We kind of said it, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned it. But it wasn't we an said... official announcement, really. I mean, if you're in Indianapolis, you should probably check out Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> I love announcing things that there's no way anyone listening to this podcast has never heard of. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It really gives me pleasure. Just like Adepticon, it's a thing. You should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Malifaux, it's a game. Yeah, if you yeah. found this and you haven't heard of these things, I'd like to talk to you because that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, and they've listened this far and gone, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been really fun. We're going to try and do it again. And uh, thank you, Adam, for being on and doing the debate with us. And uh, thanks, Ken, uh, for, you know, being you. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. You can find us on Thank Twitter. You, where's Where's Rudy at to say what the Twitter handle is? Cause 
No, just plug oh, no. him in after. We, we, we've got <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll edit it. You guys don't in. know your own Twitter? No, I, I have no idea. MWM Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At MWM do you just, Podcast. Do, you do it for us, Adam? Just this has been Mistakes Were Made. Uh, this has not been Rudy. But if you wanted to reach Rudy, he is at S-H-U-E-P-B-A-C-H-R, M-W-M Rudy, at Schubacher. Uh, if you want to reach Al, you can reach Al at A-L-4317. And if you want to reach Ken, Ken's at, at Beer Sensei. There it is. Wow. Wow. I'm, I am shocked if you spelled I, his name right. <laughs> I am also, that's why I started laughing. I'm like, no way is he going to spell it correctly. And Even with it written down in front of me, I can't spell it correctly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was awesome. All right. Well, Fantastic. thanks again. And, uh, cool. It's good talking. <sighs>